0: just a very like cool memory for me from debating but when we had to it was like the defi- we were learning how to define motions mm. and uh, I remember being um Michael was like oh the motion was this house would eat the rich, eat the rich. yeah and um Michael was like which which of these things do you need to define and everybody obviously said the rich and I said eat and I I just remember <laughs> just the, the sort of joint humiliation but also <laughs> enjoyment of that moment I think
1: Hello and welcome to episode six of the Debate Hub podcast. This one is called Debating, But Not Too Seriously. I'm joined today by my colleague Kate. Hello. And two of my favourite alumnus, um, students that I taught a few years ago, Megan and Sonia.
0: Hello. Hello. (laughs)
1: Um, So for a sort of brief introduction, uh, Megan and Sonia just both finished their second year of university. Sonia's at LSE, Megan's at Cambridge. And they started debating in year 12, which was four years ago from when we're speaking, um, after we'd, about a year into the sort of debating project at South Hampstead. Um, So we're going to talk to Megan and Sonia today because they're both very talented debaters and they were very good um, for people who joined and started in year 12, but they, as the title suggests, they were never sort of maniacally committed to debating (laughs) in the same way that some of our students really are and we wanted to to get a range of different perspectives in this podcast and so we're going to chat to Megan and Sonia about their experience. Um, So I guess the first question for you guys and please just, you know, speak in however you wish. Um, Why did you join debating in the first place?
2: I think I remember we joined mainly because Dr. Etheridge was our English teacher. And I think mentioned at one point, you should try debating. And then I don't know about you, but like, I think we I kind of felt like we went along on a whim, just to kind of see what it was like. And I personally... Felt like I found I like speaking a lot, but not necessarily public speaking. So I felt like if I could try and um, you know, take my joy of speaking into a public setting, that mm. would be quite cool. So I think I kind of went into it not really expecting to. I wasn't sure if I expected to stay with it. I just kind of was curious to see what it was like.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that was something exciting about being in sixth form, trying something new. Um, especially because we've been at the school for such a long time, and also like doing something together. And I think that was something we were both interested in doing. Um, and again, uh, I feel like. We knew the English department quite well. We liked where like the debating group of people were situated, and we were really interested in like continuing that. And yeah, well, we stuck with it. So. Yeah, and we're here. <laughs>
1: And I think there's probably something to what you said there, that you are you are very, very good friends. And mm. so it was kind of a joint decision to come along, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I think
2: it was, uh, we were standing outside the room, being like, are we going to go in? I was like, oh, I'll go in if you want to in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot <little> of <laughs> intimidating year sevens and that. <laughs> oh, there were, actually
3: were. It's amazing how common that perception is, like, for the year sevens though, they'll eat me alive. It's like, you're the, you're the head of the school, you're the sixth form now, but yeah. we in packs still in year 12, mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> Um, what was your? would you say your initial impressions were then of debating after you crossed the threshold? Um, so our first debate, we're trying to remember this, we think it was, actually I think we had slightly different
2: ones. I think we were in different rooms. rooms. I yeah. think it was the that was already terrifying. Um, <laughs> I think I was
0: with a bunch of like year sevens and eights who had clearly done this like quite a few times and I just remember like there was such a like flurry of action and everyone was kind of getting into it and writing the arguments down and I was sitting there and I was like, oh, I can't argue about feminism. Like, this is something I should, I should know. I know how to like, or whatever it was, but I just felt so, I don't know, not in like the right place. And I was really worried. I was like, how do all these children know what to say? And like, they were so confident, but I think it was such an exciting idea, like a prospect to be able to do something like that. So that's why we kept coming back, I guess. Yeah, I think it
2: was very similar with me. Um, it was, I, I, it was mainly young than that I think because we were with like the older years were doing like sort of the more advanced stuff mm-hmm. obviously we had no idea how to do it and i remember being like standing up and like talking in front of them and kind of shaking and being like i'm literally talking in front of a bunch of people who were like five years younger than me <laughs> yeah. it's a so tragic that i'm so scared um but in a way i feel like it was quite nice because sort of they were so much better than us and it kind of i kind of saw that there's like kind of you know it is a game you have to learn the rules and those kinds of things and so it's sort of i thought like oh this is something that i could learn to do this is a skill i can kind of improve at. It's not the kind of thing where I think if I went in and just felt that it was sort of all kind of your natural talent or something that I probably would have been kind of like less motivated to try and kind of like improve at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was weirdly terrifying, but, um, clearly, um, we both enjoyed it because we yeah. kept about it. So.
0: And I think the other thing which was really strange was that you have all the children who like don't really know anything but they're like speaking very confidently. Whereas you feel like you have the knowledge, but you can't speak at all. And that's just a really weird like contrast. And I remember when we got often paired with like the younger kids, like that was something that was like really useful because they like always knew exactly like how to say it, but they didn't always have like the most nuanced arguments or anything, so that
3: was just really interesting. I think that's a really, I think that, that contrast, that phrase you just, just used there is really important, you know, them having the, the ability to marshal the arguments without the arguments, and yeah. you're know, sitting there knowing the stuff and thinking how does this come out yeah, in five yeah. minutes in a way that's going to be productive, Definitely. and the marriage of that, and I think also what probably helped the two of you is that humility and coming in and thinking well these are maybe rates. I can't remember if it's the current, would it be the current year? Tens or nines, oh, I go. go. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but yes, he would have. certainly always been the beginning very confident and learned the skills of debating quite quickly. Um, but yes, of course, had limited world knowledge as you would expect at that stage. Um, so having the self awareness to to think, yes, they have the skills I don't have yet, but also I have things they don't have yet, and you know, finding that productive learning environment, I think we we were very impressed with that. Certainly,
1: yeah, I think so, and I think there's a really key point made here about the fact that when you came in, even though you are with younger students, it's still a bit scary, it's still a bit intimidating. And I think this is a thing for anyone listening to this who's thinking about joining, debating, or has maybe gone along to a few sessions and doesn't know if they want to come back because they're nervous. I think it's really important to understand that almost everyone is nervous mm-hmm. when they start, regardless of circumstance. If you're with people in your own year, you're nervous because they're like your peers and, and like you see them every day and you don't embarrass them from. them. If you're with older people, then you're naturally like you're, like you're intimidated because they're older. But if you're with younger people, I think there's this expectation that you're going to be better, which you're often not if they've been doing it longer. So I think it's it's always a little bit intimidating mm-hmm. at the start, but it, it does go away quite quickly in our experience. I mean, well, I don't know, maybe you could speak to this. I mean, how long do you think it took you guys before you were like, oh yeah, this is a thing we can do? Like
0: I think at school it was definitely a shorter period of time, but then that there was like the same sort of feeling when we got to competitions. Definitely because mm-hmm. again we were seeing people who were so much better than us um and so much more fluent in the way they were speaking. But um yeah, I don't think it took too long. I think especially it helped because we had the lunchtime debates and they became very like informal and mm-hmm. they didn't feel too stressful. And then there was also a really nice community about it, and it's not like people were like, Oh my she said was so stupid or anything like that like so i think that really helped it at least for me not feel too stressful
2: mm. i think almost like by the end of our first competition because i think by the start of the competition i kind of felt like i was getting the hang of it and then we got to the competition and it was one of those things i think where if it had been up i was like terrifying the first one i was like if this was just up to me i probably would have just left but i think by the end of the day when we'd done so many debates back to back And you kind of, Mm. you can't keep that level of stress going throughout the whole day. And so you kind of (laughs) just like settle into it. And I think by the end of that day, even though I think we definitely ended up in um, a bin room (laughs) somewhere. Not our finest hour. But I think by the end of that day and doing all those debates, I kind of felt like, oh yeah, I can do this. And I can do this like in succession. And I just, Mm. I think in that competition, we'd done as many debates as we'd actually done weekly beforehand or something. Um, And I was like, oh, okay, fine. I've just done a bunch of those. I think I get it now. And then I kind of felt a lot more confident kind of. Going back and doing more. Of
0: them. Yeah, it was such a weird feeling because um, oh. um, uh, at the end of that debate, I remember thinking like uh, we'd. There was one where we came last, but it was in a, like a room with people who are really good, and I remember that was the moment where we were like most proud of what we. I remember like <laughs> yeah. leaving. I mean, like we did a really good like speech then, and we were really happy with it. So it was cool how you can be confident despite not actually doing that well in the mm-hmm. overall.
3: Yeah, I think that's really interesting um, reflection actually, and I think that's one of the reasons why joining in Year Twelve and you have slightly more self-awareness and slightly more emotional um, maturity <laughs> can actually be really, really helpful because I think it takes a long time sometimes for our younger students to see that taking a fourth in certain rooms could be your be best speech of the day mm-hmm. because you've just t- been told you come, you know, you come last. So that kind of counterintuitive. But very, probably very true response, I think, is the kind of thing you can bring when you're coming to it at um, an older standpoint. But also, of course, I think the experience you will have had reflective of the fact that when you're speaking with good speakers, you rise to their level. You rise mm. to, well, if not to their level, then to your best level mm. to kind of meet that um, degree of challenge. So I think that's really interesting. But also what you were saying there, Megan, about the the, the inability to sustain the level of stress <laughs> over four debates. I think it's. I've never really thought about that, but I think that's such um a profoundly useful point because people do come in absolutely amped up you know the cortisol's going it's kind of like fight or flight what's going to happen but then they go into round four and it's kind of like yeah you ju- you just can't contain that much mm. adrenaline for the for the whole the whole four rounds and at some point you just have to say well i guess this is what i'm doing now again <laughs> um, and you know i think that's that's probably a really good point in the sense that the stress presumably was reduced then the second competition in round one rather than being at quite the level it was for the first
2: yeah definitely i think it's sort of there's it's sort of that cycle restarts again and you get kind of like are more stressed at the beginning but I think it was more like kind of like um excited stress rather than deep dread of oh why am I here I don't know what to do.
1: Both whether in competitions practice or in training could you give us an idea of some of the things that you liked from the start and then after we'll talk about things maybe you weren't as keen on? Um I
2: think I remember being quite surprised at how much you were able to kind of like try and be witty and like make it fun Mm -hmm. um I think I was expecting it to be a lot more sort of based on hard facts and, like, which facts stack up better than the others. And I was quite, like, pleasantly surprised that a lot of it is kind of partially to do with rhetoric. And also, even if you're not winning the debate, you can kind of make it fun for yourself in sort of just, like, <laughs> how you're saying it. Um, I think it was... I was surprised it was a lot more creative than I thought it would be. Mm. Um, I think I also... Before debating, because I had no idea what the structure was like, I thought you would have sort of longer prep time. I didn't realise mm-hmm. it was just 15 minutes, which, for me, I think a lot of the things I was quite sort of stressed about going into debating was just I felt like I didn't have any world knowledge so I felt like I would have no kind of reason or right to talk on any of the topics whereas it's kind of nobody does so (laughs) (laughs) obviously that has its problems in some areas but it is quite nice I think when you go into a debate and you think I've never thought about this topic before but I have to talk about it and everybody else in the debate understands that about like our positions here, none of us necessarily know what we're talking about, so you sort of feel kind of empowered to go give a really passionate speech about something you know nothing about, and that's a very, I think, unique situation to be in.
0: Yeah, and I also think, uh, on the thing you were saying about it being witty, it's actually very entertaining to watch sometimes and to be part of, like when people are offering POIs and being all kind of jolly and stuff together. It can be really fun, and obviously, a bit of like friendly rivalry is also entertaining, um, but then also just generally like the group aspect of it I really enjoyed. I liked that you were in a team, um, mm-hmm. I really like, especially when I was with Megan obviously, like giving speeches together and like, you know, having, like celebrating the wins together and like being, like, commiserating about losses and stuff, I thought that was so much fun than if it was like a sol- like solitary journey I guess. Um, and also the debating community somehow, it was just really, really nice. Um, and then in terms of like the actual things that I like, or at least looking back on it now, things that I still find really useful mm-hmm. is like, the whole why important, why true structure, I still, like, think about things in that way sometimes because I feel like it's a really easy way to get your head around, like, how to actually prove something to someone. Um, so, yeah, that's something I really like about it. I just feel like it it made me a lot better at explaining the things that I think and, and how to do it in a way that makes sense to someone else and, and focusing on, like, what someone can actually understand as opposed to how to make myself sound, like, intelligent, which I think is a really useful thing to learn. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely things I liked about it. Also, the debating memes.
2: <laughs> oh yeah yes
3: yeah, so yeah. you were very good at the debating memes it's
2: true <laughs> yeah and like you said actually that i think the community um i think i didn't really have many friends in other years at school mm. um, just because i think we didn't really mix that much and most of the people i think the closest friends i did make in other years ended up being through debating definitely. so i really enjoyed the fact i got to kind of like talk to people in the year above and in the years below um that was really nice really valuable i think um and also i think the memes helped with that you had kind of like a little common language yeah that's true um, yeah. yeah definitely
3: Yeah, I think that's really lovely what you said there, Sonia, about the ability to um, or using the skills from debating to consider the person you're speaking to, the kind of interlocutor's perspective and kind of what they are hearing from what you're saying Mm -hmm. rather than how you are coming across to them. And I do think that is one of the most useful things about competitive argument because really it comes down to what the listener thinks of the things that have been said so if you feel you've said lots of fancy things but the person listening hasn't taken anything from it then that is not successful Mm. so I'm really that's really cheering to hear that in other (laughs) contexts that's how you think about stretching arguments yeah
1: yeah what were some of the things about debating that you weren't super keen on
0: Hmm. I feel like definitely the one that comes to mind for me is when you go to competitions and you get a bit I don't know, demotivated by just how competitive other people are. I mean, mm. this is probably the case with any, like, competitive sport or anything like that as well. But sometimes people would just... I remember being, like, really deeply unpleasant, like, boys who would just come up to us, and, like, they would only come up to, like, correct us on something that we were saying, like, after a debate, I remember, mm. which was, like, completely irrelevant to the debate. We were just having a conversation with, like, some of the other people there that just came up to say, oh, you're wrong about this. And those, those kinds of interactions, like, were not, like, that pleasant, but we could always laugh about it and stuff, so it wasn't.
2: I think, yeah, we were quite lucky in, I think, a lot of the things that... I potentially could have disliked about debating I think we managed to avoid by just kind of not taking it too serious yeah (laughs) um when you realize people are just speaking so confidently and you can't Mm. follow what they're saying and you kind of do sort of stop to realize that just because somebody speaks well they don't necessarily know what they're talking about and so it's not necessarily sort of a reflection on you if you don't follow what they're saying it could just be they are kind of saying something that's a bit substance or it could be they're saying something really really great and that's not you know they're just better than you and that's kind of like something that you learn to kind of just accept and kind of like approach happily and not sort of worry about it and like make it reflect on your self-esteem yeah
0: I think one thing that I do dislike in debating is that it does teach people that they can talk about anything they want and be like really confident (laughs) about it I think that's like a terrible trait to teach people to be (laughs) honest because I think especially when you see it in like younger kids I find it really like I just think that there's not enough intellectual humility like I think Mm -hmm. sometimes people really should realize just because you can speak really eloquently about something for five minutes doesn't mean you actually know it inside out and just people get I think Maybe too sometimes confident in their abilities and at uni you can tell when people mm. are done debating you can tell because they speak in class and they're so like thrilled with the sound of their own voice mm. Um, mm. and that's something that does bother me about like the the whole um, sort of endeavor because I just think that sometimes it doesn't teach people like the best things but that is again if they take it too seriously so yeah. Mm.
3: Mm. Yes, I think, I think what, cause what you're sort of talking about there really is the kind of skill or the kind of skill set that will be valued by the competitive structure, right, mm-hmm. the ability to, to put forward what you do know in a way that's going to be, you know, weaponized for success in that particular context uniquely. Um, so yes, and then how in other contexts that might make, make you think, well, I took a first in that tutorial, even though, you know, <laughs> you just said lots of words yeah, yeah. rather than it actually being a valid, valid kind of information. So yeah, I think that's probably, that probably is sadly true. Um, so you only really debated though for about sort of about six months really, Um, and you were very consistent at training and you did multiple competitions in that time. So how much or you know what do you think you gained from relatively short exposure to it?
1: Sorry, we should also say, I think it's fair to say the reason you stopped was the pandemic. Oh yes, that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, as opposed to yeah, just, yeah, kind of just quitting. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. Good point. So you started at the start of year twelve, which would have been uh, September 2019, mm. right? And then you were very, we should say amazing, so you were very regular uh, after-school training and got really very good in the short space of time. Qualified for Oxford, of course. And never Your went. first time of trying. Went. And then never went. Yeah, because, uh, boom, March, six months in, the pandemic happens. And you guys just weren't fans of online debate. No, it was awful.
0: That's actually something I would say I disliked. It's well, just really hard to start a screen for that long.
1: Especially yeah. when you've like been doing online school. Yeah. I
0: was like, I can't, I can't yeah.
2: do any more of this. Yeah, on a Saturday no, no. yeah um, But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, I think in terms of, yeah, only debating for a little bit of time, I I think, yeah, I think it felt really valuable to kind of go from a position of knowing absolutely nothing to getting to a point where I felt like we were doing quite well and, like, being able to sort of watch yourself improve at something in such a short period of time, especially since, I mean, I personally haven't really, like, taken up that many kind of, like, big new hobbies um, across my life. So I wasn't really used to kind of, like, seeing myself start a completely new skill and then actually improve at it. Um, And I think that kind of helped a lot for me to kind of, like, figure out, like, Kind of accept the fact that when you start something, you're bad at it, and you get better at it, and the satisfaction in that process, rather than the satisfaction of just sort of like being immediately good at something, or having, or like already kind of having learnt the skill, and then you're kind of just improving from point of already knowing how to do it I think it was quite like it was really exciting to kind of feel like I went from knowing nothing to feel like I actually could speak alongside these people who've been doing it for a lot longer than me yeah um so yeah it was very satisfying. definitely
0: I definitely agree with that I also think we were talking about this before um when we were like planning what we we're gonna say
2: um and the stuff
0: uh we mentioned about how we could speak in front of the whole year group like that's not something I ever thought I would be able to do um but just being able to and then people coming up and be like wow I don't know how you did that and for us not it not feeling like a huge commitment we just mm. like, oh I guess we have to prep for this like thing in front of the um year group which I think we would have found really intimidating even like a couple of months before um that is something that I look back on quite like with a lot of pride I think because that was like a really useful thing from only six months yeah.
3: mm. and do you feel on any level that's that's sustained now like if you were required to speak in front of people would it feel less stressful do you think now even though you're not debating? at the
0: moment. Um, yeah, I think it definitely is less scary because mm. I know, especially with improvisation sort of stuff, mm, I feel right. like I can, I don't feel as scared by that.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of, especially because a lot of times in our debates, I was the whip speaker, which is obviously the best position to be <laughs> um, And I think, yeah, I really enjoyed the idea that I could stand up in front of a bunch of people without actually having like a written out speech mm-hmm. and I could just mm-hmm. kind of like partially improvise and say something. Yeah. Again, that's never something I could have imagined doing in front of the entire year without being absolutely terrified. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think maybe not in terms of kind of uh, more formal public speaking setting, but in terms of just having to talk in front of people when you don't really know what you're going to say I think it helped a lot with my confidence there and I think that kind of carried through
0: yeah and it's not even just talking but actually like like you being funny and stuff and people
3: enjoying it and it being engaging like that's so mm-hmm. yeah that's a really podcast um, would you recommend that people uh, join debating um why why not and, and if, if if you would you would hopefully on some level there will be a yes <laughs> in there uh, what advice would you have for anybody who's thinking of joining
0: I definitely think that people should I think it's really worth doing I think it helps you develop the way that you speak so much more quickly than anything else and especially if you're a big reader I think it's really helpful because you might have a lot of ideas but you don't know how to um, verbalize them very well mm. um I think it also helps with arguments and like essay subjects definitely because you, you kind of just have more clarity about how to explain something um but I think the one sort of thing I'd say is like make sure that you're not taking I mean name of the podcast but make sure you're not taking yourself too seriously like at the end of the day you're doing it for fun like you shouldn't beat yourself up if you think that you're like not performing as well as you need to be or like it's something you've I, I feel like it should always stay as something where you're enjoying it and that should be like the primary focus in my opinion yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah I think I definitely recommend trying it um I think for me because I kind of went in there partially sort of thinking oh this will make me more confident in my public speaking I think it actually just end up making me more confident just like A lot of general areas especially kind of because it sort of coincided with when i was becoming a lot more politically engaged because i was just Mm. at that age um and obviously we had a lot of big political things happening around us um it kind of i just got so much more confident on speaking on things and i think you need to be confident speaking about things you don't understand in order to enter into conversations about them and then to learn more about them Mm. and i think it really helped me out with that so i think like Sonia said i would definitely recommend it to anybody who wants to try it i think even if you don't want to try it I mean, obviously, you have to want to, to an extent, actually go along. But, like, you might think you'll hate it, go along, realise it's completely different to what you think it is, and really enjoy it. But I think, um, don't go into it sort of thinking, I want to do debating because I want to be the world's best debater, and I want to, you know, dominate the world, um, (laughs) because... I think it's just so much more fun when you just view it as something that is supposed to be fun and it's kind of about improving yourself and the way you view the world and the way you speak about the way you view the world um because i think i was surprised by even though it was competitive sport how much it kind of was a sort of individual experience as well as kind of a sort of like two two paired that's the word <laughs> a experience like I think in terms of obviously Sonia and I were friends beforehand um but it was like really, really fun getting to do all that together yeah. um and you know it was really fun getting to know everybody in the debating community so I think get, absolutely try it but like approach it as something that's fun because it is fun
3: yeah and it's a game at the end of the day as yeah, so. well yes we keep trying to tell the episodes <laughs> that yes yeah and I think
1: for some people it's it's, uh, we should be clear that some people will have very competitive ambitions and, mm. and obviously in this school we have some of those students and, and that's fine. But I think even for those mm. students... Uh, who are very, very ambitious and who want to be on Team England or who want to win the big, big competitions, we still say to them, like, if you find yourself just not enjoying, mm. you really have to ask yourself, well, why do you want to? Mm. Like, is winning these competitions worth being miserable? And, mm. and I just don't think it is. And
3: but you did do a very good, very good <laughs> memes, I have to say. I, did, I, I don't know whether they've been bettered. That's oh, a well, challenge to the current student cohort. Yeah. Um, the yes. Care for the board. Yeah, you yeah, did. You did.
1: Yeah. You did. Yeah. yeah. And I think we, we should should say, like, um, I, I'm sure we've talked about memes before in this podcast at some point, but but it is it is funny that the things that we've put weird amounts of time into, like, but even as teachers, like, we've yeah. spent time, like, not just, like, taking memes from various Facebook groups, but, like, you know, coming up with our own little, like, debate memes and putting them on our Microsoft Teams that we have a, we have a debating team on Microsoft Teams. And um, we have our, our physical debating board in okay. school, and just we, obviously we have our debate hoodies, which actually is a logo a Megan design. Yeah, Taylor our um, mascot Oh yes, we have, a, we, have our, we have our mascot, which is our, our our cuddly penguin, which is on the on the desk in front of us. Yeah, not
3: contri- contributing very much today, Taylor, as you said, <laughs> yes, but Yeah, yes, <laughs> silently judging us. Um,
1: and and these these sorts of things, uh, they do matter. So it's they, part of the
3: culture, isn't it? It's part of what makes it feel not well. It's part of not taking debating too seriously, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, it's part of what you remember. I think that's interesting that the memories that you arrived at there were not, and then I gave the greatest yeah. speech of my life and neither of those anecdotes were yeah. about that actually
1: Then yeah. we qualify for all yeah exactly or... well, Which well, a... that was a great thing <laughs> that, was a great <laughs> feeling. that was a great feeling
3: yeah well i mean yeah and you were very, you know as you should have done you did very well but i mean i think it is interesting that the, the things that come to mind and this is true probably your time at school as well i'd imagine i like not and then i put my pen down knowing that that was the best paragraph <laughs> i would ever <laughs> written um, but more the, the the social aspects of it the fun aspects of it the slightly the slightly surreal aspects mm. of it um and you know we've mentioned a lot today about how debating is a game and a a, a kind of construct um but i think that part of that strangeness and that artificiality means that it can be a very very funny very enjoyable you know um space to occupy and that that's what we're hoping to we always hope to emphasize and inculcate not just a kind of you know drilling drilling you in economic and political facts Mm. um but actually making it something that will stick with you after your precise you know, memory or, or recall of a particular fact about a particular international trade issue, you know, when that has faded, yeah. hopefully the memories of the, the fun stuff can stay, so, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I feel like, um, even though, obviously, the debating itself is a game, the actual, like, friendships and stuff you form very much on, so mm. that's definitely something you try to, yeah,
2: no,
3: it's true. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. What a nice note to finish Um <laughs> And
3: thank you so much for coming and speaking to us today.
1: Yes, very much, thank you. Um, all right, this has been um, Debating but not too seriously. (laughs) Um, We hope you enjoyed the episode. Big thanks to Sonia and Megan and, of course, uh, Kate. And we will uh, see you for another episode soon. Goodbye.